What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you're locked in and tuned into the flagship 3FN podcast. As always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the new movie, Megan, for the 3FN Movie Club Review. Plus, we'll be hitting up that triple stuff and more. But before we go any farther, I'm your host, Rich, and joining me is my head nerd compadre, my friend, my brother, and just this past week, the man who single-handedly took down an entire outlet of ninjas with one pinky finger. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. I had to learn from the last Ronin. The last Ronin taught yep. you all that you needed to know. Oh, I need to know. Did you tap in? Now, uh, mind you, with the last Ronin, did you tap into a Ninja Turtle style? Were you Michelangelo at the end of that last Ronin, or are you talking about the actual real last Ronin? No, TMNT. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were. Yep. By the way, great book. If you've never read uh, The Last Ronin, check that shit out because it's very good. Very, yes. very good. All right, though, uh, before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the show, though, Ron, how's been your week? Uh, been okay. Uh, we all kind of came off of a sickness. So, you know, two weeks ago I was out of commission pretty much. Last week I started to feel a little bit better. Back to work full extent, too, and it's been one of those things. Uh, we did not have our Wednesday group due to uh, he, uh, Josh had a job. A scheduling conflict so we couldn't do their wednesday which is fine because i just stayed home and slept and you know the weekend came and we went and saw megan that's really pretty much all i did this week yeah i was gonna say i was under the weather as well as you know i'm feeling a lot better now still not 100 percent. thankfully i'm feeling a lot better than uh, diesel who is still out and uh, we just saw him today so no worries folks hopefully he'll be back soon uh, we're wishing him uh uh, the healingness because whew, he did, he, he did looked rough. Either. So uh, yeah. it, he's he, he's not he's not in jeopardy of you know us losing him, folks. Just so you guys know, I don't want anybody to freak out, but uh, he definitely does not look good. So hopefully uh, he's gets better so he can rejoin us soon. Because man, it sucks that he's been sick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, man, I tried to take it real easy. As you know, the really only thing I did was go to the movie with you on Sunday. We went to the early showing, and I knew this movie was going to do well in the box office, which we'll talk about in a minute because. Woo, we were at an 11.15 in the morning showing on Sunday, and it was pretty busy. It was yeah. almost full. Yeah, it was a, the small theater, which is fine, but it was there was maybe like 25 seats open. Jason Blum over the weekend tweeted, movies are back. And I think he's not wrong, seeing what we saw this weekend when we went to see Megan. However, now that uh, we've gotten those out of the way, we got to take care of some business so we can get into the show so you guys can be more entertained. Let, hit, let me hit you off with some shameless plugs. Of course, if you want to find out any information about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com and all the information is there. All the links to the social media links, all of our links to all the shows we do, everything is under that one-stop shop. Also, while you're there, check out the link to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content and you help support the show also there's a link there for the t public store friends of the show like the odph podcast and of course the musical directory featuring the bands that provide us with music here including our good friend shout at the robots who do who do the theme song
song for the 3FN podcast. It's called Fail Better. Support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and of course, Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, we're going to give a shout out to our local sponsors who bring this show to you commercial free each and every week. Of course, starting with the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That, of course, is Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. Next up, if you're in the 607 and you need your uh, you need your car detailed, take it on over to Rex Two Rods Auto Detailing for an appointment. Call 607-644-3389. Tell them the 3FN podcast sent you. Of course, also our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 25th and 26th at Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. I know it's a little ways off, but if you want to find out any celebrity announcements or ticketing information, visit them online, scifihorrorfest.com. And last but not least, our brand new sponsor, Dubby Energy Drinks. They've just declared war on Big Energy. That's right, you heard me. And they have a brand new Blue Raz flavor out to celebrate them declaring war on Big Energy. If you would like to try a cleaner, more uh, more natural version of an energy drink, go ahead and hit them up. W.GG. And when you go to W.GG, after you you know put the stuff in your cart, at checkout, put in the promo code 3FNPOD. That's right, the number 3FNPOD. And you'll get 10% off. And that code, by the way, works every single time. So from now on, just use the promo code 3FNPOD and you can reorder and get 10% off at W.GG. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the warning track. <laughs> I was waiting. For I did. It. I, you know, I did. A, I did a good enough job that we got to the warning track. So it's kind of like, hey, I'll, I'll let it get there. I'll let it. I'll, I'll let it take it all the way to the warning track. Well, folks, let's get this party started. Let's get on the road because it's time for the triple stuff. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, let's start off with this past weekend's box office. And I'll tell you what, big weekend in the box office, Ron. There's a lot of movies making some money, and there's a lot of movement going on in this week's top five. Let's start with number five. Number five actually dropped from number three last week. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is at number five with $3.5 million. At number four, a movie that moved up from the spot number 18 the week before, and it's the Tom Hanks movie, A Man Called Auto. That made $4.2 million this week. At number three was the movie that was number two last week, falling one spot, was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, with another $13.5 million. Number two was They Debut. On this list, and the only one, of course, that is Megan, the movie that we'll be covering in the 3FN Movie Club review, with a $30.4 million in the domestic box office. Of course, like they said, these are all domestic totals. And last but not least, in the number one slot, like it has been for the past month, Avatar The Way of the Water, making another $45.8 million. What's your thoughts on the box office, Ronald? I don't know why people are seeing Avatar. <laughs> well, it's a popular movie. Eh, it's not that good. I mean, even if, I, if, even if we don't like it, it's a popular movie for people to see, and that's fine. It, like what you like. I mean, it's not for us, no. but like what you like. I just find it funny that, like, from what I've heard and read, like, so there's a whole arc of the character, like, the most hated character now, and, like, took over Jar Jar Binks' spot and whatever. And then they're like, well, to understand why this character did what he did, you have to read the prequel comics. Wait, 
James Cameron doesn't like comics. He doesn't well, like comic book movies. So is he making comic book movies? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It is what it is. Like I said, it's basically that was what it was the whole time, though. I know. I well, know. upcoming, we have, uh, well, if you're lucky enough, because for some reason in our area, we're not getting House Party this weekend. Upcoming this weekend, House Party is coming out, the remake. And, of course, uh, also the movie Plane, which Plane will be the next week's 3FN Movie Club review. And hopefully we get to see House Party for the week after. But for some reason in our area, it is not coming out. The weekend after that is a very, very slow weekend with uh, When You Finish Saving the World coming out. So that's what you got in the next box office. In February, it's going to be picking up hot and heavy. Trust me, we've got a large slate in February. Cocaine Bear. March. Yes, Cocaine Bear is coming in February. So is an Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So they got a couple Versus big Versus Cocaine huge Bear. Well, no, it's the week before Cocaine Bear. <laughs> so I think, I think we're going to be fine. We're going to be seeing all of those movies and much, much more. That's going to bring us to this week's top three. And in honor of the fact that my birthday, I turned 40 this upcoming Sunday, as you know, Ronald. So, in honor of my birthday, we are going to do our top three birthday wishes. Now, this can be anything, Ron. This can literally be anything that you asked for, like when you could say it was when you were a child, when you were a teenager, or even right now. What were your top three birthday wishes you can remember? Because everybody has to make a wish when they blow out those candles. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, <laughs> I love it. You can say whatever you want. If you want to say pussy, say pussy. I, that, that took 44 years, and that's finally come around. Hey, like, hey listen, it only took you 44 years. Yeah, but whatever, hey, might as well. it's, it's better late than never. Hey, whatever. When, when you're juggling three now, it's fucking pain in the dick. Uh, I, I'm cliche. I'm, I've always been like, you know, just, you know, health, you know, you know, just, you know, everybody good, you know. Family being good, health. Health, uh, you know, just just enough money to get by like i've never been like i want a million i wish for a million dollars or i wish you know just you know this is the simple stuff in life i've always been very realistic yeah. too like world peace world peace is another no, yeah that's not ever been no no I, 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 my number three spot I, I will say has always been uh my my continuing health um if you know me uh, i've take care of myself somewhat i need to take care of myself better so maybe i should make that more of a reality then i won't feel like shit so much uh number two on the spot is has always been uh just kind of uh wishing that the year is better than the last True. i always wish that my 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 following year so now that i've been 39 for a year when i turn 40 i'm just hoping my 40th year is better than my 39th year my 39th year wasn't bad but i'm just always hoping the following year is next and then my number one birthday wish is and it's always that and i wish i could make the joke about pussy but i'm married so that's just like we're there but my number one is actually just for the the well-being of my friends and family yeah and of course that includes this show and all of you listening out there because i'm being i'm being a big softy right now so softy. take advantage take advantage of that folks take advantage of that well that's going to do it for the triple stuff and moving right along in uh, we are going to drive right on over to Welcome to 3FN's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it's time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. 
This week we saw Megan, and now we're going to talk about it. But before we dive into the review, let me just give a reminder to anybody who might be new to the show or just needs a reminder of how the 3FN Movie Club review works. We start off with a spoiler-free section. That's right, you have nothing to worry about if you haven't seen Megan. We will start off spoiler-free, just talking about a synopsis, talking about who was in the movie, you know, who made the movie, and then, you know, it'll go into our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, spoiler-free recommendation. Then we will take the break in the show. There's always a break in the middle of the show. When we come back from the break, we will forewarn you again because that will be the spoiler full review. So you have time to stop and come back later on. It's just a little nice thing we do here when we're doing new movies. And uh, like I said, this one just came out. Of course, I, it's the talk of the town. We just talked about it. Uh, domestic box office of over $30 million on an opening week for a horror film. Nice. I think that's a big bucket of win in the month of January. Right. Historically, January does very poor in the box office. Uh, do you think that, I mentioned it earlier briefly, Jason Blum said movies are back. What are your thoughts on that from what we saw from Megan? I can see that. I can see a lot of people, you know, uh, wanting to see movies now. And, like, especially in the colder climates, it's something to do in the cold. You know, you go to, you know, go to a movie, get out of the house for a minute instead of getting cabin fever. And it is, you know, uh, one of those times, you know, you, you do have Avatar out that a lot of people are seeing. You have Megan, which, you know, just debuted and took the second spot. And for kids, you got Puss in Boots. So you, you got all all around yeah. uh, cinematic, you know, movies going on. So it's all good. I also think this might be finally the correction that we needed in the world, obviously changing. Obviously, that we came to the new normal for a long time with the pandemic, and now we're in this ni- next area, next phase. And it's, I think this is a very nice thing to see, especially as somebody who loves to go to the movie theater. Yeah. So hopefully this trend continues, especially after we just talked about it a minute ago during the box office segment when we said about how there's a huge February coming up. Yes. So I think that's going to be the real uh, telltale sign whether or not movies are back, if you will. True. Let's dive in. Let's start off with that synopsis first, shall we, Ronald? Sure. A robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. That could be about any movie. Yeah. Megan was released on January 6th of 2023 with a runtime of 102 minutes. The director of this film is Gerard Johnstone. Uh, his first movie was Housebound in 2014. And uh, most recently, before this movie, he did the le- uh, the new Legends of uh, Monkey six episodes. Okay. So very new director. Uh, that's going to be a thing because also new new screenwriter because the screenplay and story was written by Akella Cooper. And Akella Cooper... Um, most people don't know her yet, although you should. She started on TV on the show Grimm from 2012 to 13. Then she did The 100, and she also wrote for Luke Cage. And her last TV project was Star Trek Strange New Worlds, two episodes. The movies are the more important part. She is the writer for Hellfest in 2018 and 2021's Malignant. Okay. And she is also the writer attached to the Nun 2 that's supposed to be arriving in October of 2023. Uh, after this movie, I will say this, and this is spoiler free, and after her other movies, I am going to probably go see Nun 2 now, even though I did not like the first one. No, I'll, I'll watch the first one sometime before then. But. Speaking of the Nun and the Nun 2, let's talk about the other story writer here because there was somebody else credited on the story of this and that is of course the i would say legendary now james wan of course you guys know james wan from his production and directing he does it all uh the saw franchise uh you know obviously the conjuring universe and everything else he's been a part of uh but writing wise let's talk about just what he's written uh stingen in 2000 was his first movie he wrote saw the original saw and saw three the movie dead silence 
Insidious Chapter 2. Of course, he brought all the Insidious movies to us, but he only wrote Chapter 2. Okay. Uh, he wrote The Conjuring 2 and 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote The Nun. He wrote Aquaman. He wrote Annabelle Comes Home. And most recently, he did the story. And although Akella Cooper did the movie, he did the story for Malignant. Okay, I got you. So they've actually written together a couple times now, which is pretty cool to see. And uh, they're going to get together on The Nun 2 as well. So I have always excited to see James Wan. Oh, yeah, of course. The director of photography for this movie was Simon Rabbi. Uh, Simon Rabbi originally uh, did The Ugly in 1997. Uh, and then uh, he did a bunch of smaller movies, but ones that we would know. Deathgasm. I don't know if you remember that or not. The Girl on the Bridge, and most recently in 2022, did a movie called No Exit. Okay. So not a big, gigantic list. However, not a bad list either. So that is who made the movies. Now let's talk about who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? All right, the stars of this film. We only got two major stars of this film, and then... Uh, there's a lot of other characters that we'll just kind of briefly touch on. But the two major stars of this film are Allison Williams, who plays Gemma. Uh, of course, her first movie was College Musical in 2014. But most of us know her for her role in Get Out. She was the main female oh, okay. lady that's, in Get Out. That's where she was that's, from. Yeah, there you go. And most recently, in 2020, she did a movie called Horizon Line. Yes. I'm kind of surprised she hasn't done more work, especially after Get Out and how successful that movie was. Yeah, I don't. who knows? She's really good in this movie as oh, well. Yes. Let's now do drop the big shout outs, if you will, to her co-star, Violet McGraw, who played Katie, uh, now that I've been corrected, but spelled Caddy for some reason. <laughs> oh, I get you. She got her start on The Haunting of Hill House in 2018, oh, okay. so she was on that miniseries. Yep. And then she did. Uh, she was in Doctor Sleep. She was in Separation. Black Widow. She played the young Yolana, Yelena sorry, oh, okay. in Black Widow. Yep. And most recently, also in 2022, she was in a movie called I Believe in Santa. Okay. I do believe that was a Netflix movie. Yes. So a Christmas movie. So that's pretty cool. Now let's give some shout outs to some other actresses that I think need to get real big shout outs. There was two, count them, two young women who played Megan, the doll. That's right. They did have people playing Megan, depending on the scene. One is a little older, one's a little younger. Let's start with the young girl first. Uh, her name is uh, Amy Donald. Uh, hasn't done a ton of stuff, a little background stuff and stuff, but she was the smaller. So whenever you saw the doll like dancing and stuff, that was Amy Donald. Yeah. Uh, the stunt portion, if you will, or the one that they needed older people for, because obviously they're not going to have a little girl doing some of the things in this movie, uh, was played by Jenna Davis, uh, another young up and coming actress. I just think that they both did a tremendous job because I really like the practical effects with Megan. Oh yeah. What did you? Th- how did you think about these two ladies' performances? Of course, spoiler free. No, it's it was great. Like on both sides, like you could even though you could tell uh, a little bit of the difference when it was. Uh, you know who did the different people playing but it was still a, it was edited very well where you could tell like where it didn't it seemed very flawless yeah and, absolutely and both of them brought parts to megan that really needed to be there uh also on the cast brian jordan alvarez played cole you might know him from will and grace uh jen von epps played tess you know her most recently from brenda on cowboy bebop oh yeah, that's right amongst other things uh ronnie Sheen played david you know him from uh crazy crazy rich asians yeah he was in godzilla versus kong shang chi uh so he's he's done a couple things if you've seen him you know him he's a very funny guy and he definitely added a great deal <laughs> to this movie uh next up we had St- uh, stefan granu montin who played kurt you might know him from the show sweet tooth 
He oh, was that's on right. that as well. Yep. And then last but not least, in giving shout outs, we'll give shout outs to Lori Dungy, who played Celia. And uh, she was the, the neighbor, if you will. Uh, she was in the, the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. So there you go. And also Power Rangers back in the day. So that should uh, kind of a little smaller of a cast. And I think that this is one of those things where we're championing Blumhouse champion once again, a newer director, mm-hmm. a newer screenwriter. And a younger, younger, newer cast, and I think that they hit a home run. I think that's where they're the best at it, and that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, once again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, so that's going to finish it up for the actors. The budget of this movie was twelve million dollars, Ronald. I just told you that the domestic value is thirty over thirty million dollars. What do you think the worldwide so far total for Megan is? Fifty-two. Very close. Forty-five point okay. seven million dollars right. on its opening week, Megan. I like made. it. I was about to say forty-seven, but I, it I, is I made. All of the monies. Hey. The monies. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, we've already been uh, informed via the Hollywood Reporter that the second movie is in the works. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're opening weekend, second movie already in the works. Yeah, well, Bloomhouse probably already had the second movie set up. Well, they had uh, an like idea. an idea. And so all it is is just got to get it to pen to paper and go and move forward. All right, here comes the important part. It is now time for the end of the spoiler-free section, and it is time for the spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation. Remember, Ron, it is spoiler-free with a spoiler-free reason why. What is your recommendation for Megan? Uh, this is definitely a thumbs up. I think, you, you know, especially being in January, not a lot of things going on if you're not an Avatar fan. This is definitely something to see besides Avatar. Um, it's... It's solid. It's not super horror. Like it's not a really deep horror movie. There, it has horror as horror aspects to it, but it's not this like really over the top gore fest like Terrifier two. Uh, it's not that bad. You know, we'll talk more about it. So like you you know like I always say you know this could be a movie that if you want to judge your kid on during a horror movie. This could have been a PG thirteen movie. This is a PG thirteen. Oh, it is movie, okay. Yeah. Okay. So there is. Yeah. I just want to make that out there. There is going to be an unrated version that is released. I don't know if it's when it releases the streaming or not until it comes out on Blu ray. However, there is an unrated version that I guess is bloodier that we've been promised. But the movie in the theater currently is a PG thirteen. Okay, I, I, I just assumed it was R. Yeah, I know. So did I. But it is a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna follow up with you. Thumbs up. Thumbs all the way up. This is an. It's not as scary. If you were looking for like a terrifying horror film, this isn't a terrifying horror film. However, it's very thought provoking. Yes. The story is amazing. Uh, Akella Cooper is done fucking the Lord's work. I am now on board. You know, I, I already liked her writing of. I, I loved Hellfest, and I'm not. I wasn't a huge Malignant fan, although I understand it's a good movie. I'm not taking away the fact that yeah. it was a good movie. It just wasn't my cup of tea, if you will. But. I've with those two movies and now this one, I'm like I'm on board. Yeah. She could any movie she writes, I'm seeing. Like I said, I hated the Nun. I really hated it. I, I, I famously have called it Jump Scare the movie. Yeah, and I will go see Nun too because I hear she's writing it. All right. Yeah. I, that's all that I need to know. Uh, she's phenomenal. Check this movie out. It is not exactly what you thought. This is not. No. This is not your normal doll horror movie. No. This is actually a lot different. It's a lot thought provoking. I don't want to jump into it so much. But if you like movies that are that have a storyline to them and that actually make you feel for characters, this is a movie for you. Yeah. I just want to drive that home without spoiling anything. It's very well written, very well acted, very well directed. Like I'm gonna get this this is getting a big thumbs up for me, and it's kind of giving away where I might rate this later on. 
With that, though, we got to take a stop because if I go any further, <laughs> I am going to spoil the shit out of this movie. And it's not time yet. No, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we will come back with our spoiler full. That's right. Spoiler full review of Megan. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich, Ron, and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod hit the subscribe button give us a rating and a review and check out 30 and nerdy podcast.com cheers to you nerds course is the sultry sounds of megan to come back from the break of course this is the second part of the three fn movie club review for the new movie megan and because it's the second half that means it is spoiler time so if you have not seen megan yet and you do not want the movie spoiled this is your last opportunity to stop the uh, podcast and come back after you've seen the movie because we're going to count three, two, one, and then we're going to dive right into our review. Are you ready, Ronald? Let's go. Three, two, one. We are in spoiler full zone. Let's talk Megan. And I got to just, you know what? This one is not a movie I'm going to go through scene for scene at all. There is just so much big bucket of win in this movie that I just want to jump right in and just say the first and foremost thing, and I know I started gushing about it before, and this is why I had to stop myself. This movie is written fucking phenomenally. Yes. Going into this, we all thought that it was going to be a murderous doll. Yes. Because that's what it looked like. It's a murder doll movie. We've seen them before. Child's plays a thing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But we got something different here. Yeah, we did. And it's, yes, there's a doll that murders. However, there's a lot of layers to that murder. And I love how this is, and I looked at you after this movie was over, and my first thing I said to you is, finally we've seen a horror movie in the last, you know, not counting just new ones, but older ones too, where we care about the cast. Yes. Where we actually gave a damn about the people in this movie, their flaws and all. Even the even Megan the doll. You care about Megan the doll. Because in the beginning, Megan the doll is not even bad. She's no. protecting Katie. Yes. She's protecting this little girl who's gone through one of the biggest traumatic experiences of her life, you know, with losing both of her parents. Because this movie opens with, you know, basically it opens with a commercial for <laughs> perpetual pets. Yes. But after that freaky little commercial. Freaky looking Furbies. Yeah. It's, yeah. Freaky looking Furbies that can actually interact with you. <laughs> and after that, it goes right to a car on a snowy day. And it's the family. It's based, the mother and the father and then Katie. But Katie's in the backseat with her perpetual pet that her aunt gave her, which we find out later, her aunt Gemma, is the person who makes these things. Yes. So they're on their way to a ski trip, we find out later. You don't find it out here. But the snow is so bad, and they can't make it through the snow, and they stop in the snow. And he's like, well, we can't just stay in the middle of the road. Well, we'll just wait until a, a, a thing comes to clear the road. And then smash! 
a fucking to- a, a fucking oh, plow, plow just yep. slams into the car. Although that was my only gripe from this movie with the CGI because it looked terrible. Yeah, that's true. That part did look terrible. But come to find out, both parents die. And now Gemma has to take her niece in. And that's really where it kind of gets because now you have this little girl. She just lost both of her parents. She's got to go live with her aunt. But her aunt is a very, she's a professional woman who's uh, an engineer. She creates all this great technology, robotics in particular. So she's very career driven. She doesn't have her own children. She doesn't even have a boyfriend or anything. Yeah, there's no relationship at all. Yeah, all of her relationships are like with her worker, co-workers, just her two other co-workers, pretty much as far as friendly witness. Yeah. And then like in the computer realm. Yeah. So everything's online. Everything's. AI, everything's like even her house has an AI that yeah. it controls everything. Like a, uh, imagine a twenty times better Alexa, pretty yeah. much that controls everything. So like she, when you get this little girl there, you have this wh- who doesn't know what to do because she didn't want children. As a matter of fact, when we first get to Gemma's house, she goes to you know Katie goes to pick up a toy and it's a collectible. Yeah, it's a collectible. No, no I get it, but I don't. I don't think it's the fact that she didn't want kids. It's just the fact she never got to them. Right. Well, I think it's just her career. Yeah. She's just so enthralled with her career and robotics and her love because she says since a young age, she's been building things. Yes. So you now have this, these two characters that very quickly you learn like this little girl needs all the love in the world because she just lost her parents. What, how much more traumatic? Plus she comes from a house where they limited her screen time and everything. Now her aunt's like, Hey, just watch TV or sit in front of this tablet because yeah. fuck I, I worked out. Yeah. I have to, I, I have to go to work. I have to do some work. Like I'm not going to work. I just got to go to the office and take me a couple hours. You know, here, here's use my iPad, you know, do, do what you have to do. Uh, you know, we'll go hit the park or go to the mall or something. That doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden it's nine o'clock at night and she realizes that she's been working all night. Yeah. So it's like, it's just that. Like, she's very career-oriented. She knows what she has to do. But you feel bad for the aunt, too, yeah. because, she, you know, Gemma's not doing it to be mean. No. She's doing it because she doesn't know any th- other way. Yeah. So you're like, you have these two interesting people who are now. Now, Gemma's working on these a new line of cheaper perpetual pets. But at the same time, her and her uh, two colleagues are working on this android, which is, they dub Megan. Yes. And so Megan is basically... Like a real life android who uses AI, like intelligent AI, to look things up, and they've they they're trying to make it so she's interactive and everything else. When her boss David finds out about it, not very happy because they wasted like what was a hundred thousand yeah. dollars I think just on the skin. Yeah, like it was weird. Yeah, and so he's like, "Yeah, get that shit out of here." <laughs> so we get introduced to like her first ever robot, which is Bruce. Yes, and she built that in college for a college project, I do believe, and then she shows it to. Her niece and and Katie says, "Hey, you know, if I had a toy like this, I would never need another toy." Yes. So instead, she just just builds fucking Megan. Yep. And then we're off to the races because then they show Megan interacting with Katie, and now all of a sudden they want to build Megan, and it's you know, you know, she has to stay with her because they had print on her, and it's all this crazy stuff. But you get this whole wonderful story of like. You know, basically, she has Megan now helping raise Katie. Yeah. So, like, what you see when you get this whole montage is like Megan. Uh, Megan tells Katie to wash her hands, to flush the toilet, to, <laughs> to to like take care of different things. So, basically, this doll is a fucking parent. Yes. In a lot of ways, and it does all these extra duties. However, at the end of the day, it's a robot, and certain things get brought up, and they did not program the doll, as you find out, to not do certain things. And because it's got AI, it starts to like look into it. Like the first notice is like, well, how did her parents die? What is death? 
Yep. So then the doll starts looking up what death is. So now it becomes obsessed with death. Then it's then basically she overrides the doll and says, "Listen, your only job is to protect her from external and internal harm." Yes. So now the doll's like, "Oh, that's my my mission." So that's where we get like one of the first things where a dog bites Katie, the dog next door that gets out bites Katie, and uh, later that night, uh, <laughs> Megan serves up some justice to that dog. Dog deserved it. We we don't we don't ever see what happened to the dog. That's another thing that they don't they don't show these parts which. Is whatever, but the dog gets it. Later on, the dog's owner gets it <laughs> because she was kind of a mean lady. So pressure washer, a nail gun and a pressure washer, nail gun and a pressure washer. <laughs> and then in between, uh, there's a child that gets it, and uh, this is a mean kid who's a bully who looks like he was gonna rape the doll. Yeah, like, like he, I'm not joking. Yeah, it, 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 that was very weird look scene. But I think it was done on purpose because the kid comes off as like a young serial killer type. Yeah. Like his mom says something to him and she's like, oh, he's very, you know, free will and I let him do what he wants. And he's like, fuck off, Holly. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, well, you could have just said, no, thank you. That would have sufficed, but okay. Yeah. And she's like, well, I guess he's vulgar and stuff because it shows high IQ. Yeah. And none of the other kids want to be teamed with him. As a matter of fact, he gets teamed with another kid and a kid yeah. whispers to the, the teacher like, nah, 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 yeah, nah, I'm not having this. So he, she gets paired with Katie and then as she goes off, he get they're going for what was it pine pine nuts uh, walnuts walnuts yeah. whatever he takes a fucking sharp one and puts it in yeah. her hand and squeezes it, which gets the reaction from Megan Megan. <laughs> so Megan comes out and she's like, well, you know, she doesn't want to play with you. She's only imprinted on me. So he steals the doll. Smacks the doll and Megan's like, "You should learn some manners." Yeah. And grabs a hold and rips this kid's fucking ear You're off. off. And then he goes, "She goes, this is the time year you run." <laughs> and literally, kind of shoves him out and where he gets fucking plastered by a car. By the way, they did show him get plastered by the car. I went, <laughs> "Fuck my life, that's crazy." That's the second. That's the second best child death we've seen. Only behind the only good scene in Halloween ends. True. That's the only good scene in Halloween ends is that opening child death scene. This is the second one we see. I don't know what it is with child deaths in movies, but they're getting they're getting up there. They're getting up there. The reason I lumped all these together, and like I said, and we're gonna go scene by scene, is even through all of that, you still feel for Megan. Yeah. Like the story is written as such as you're like, well, wait a minute, Megan's not doing this to be mean. No. She's doing this to protect Katie. Yes. And I thought that was great. No, it is definitely solid. You do feel for all all three. You feel for Gemma, you feel for Katie, and you feel for Megan. You you see Gemma, you know, she has money because her house is nice. She's got a nice car. She's got a BMW. So you know she has money from all these electronics that she's made. So And she's just dealing with a shitty fucking neighbor. Like it or not, she's a shitty fucking neighbor. There's a hole in the fence, and the dog keeps running through the property and all that stuff. And the neighbor's like, well, maybe you should fix the hole in the fence. Okay, fine, get it. I, you know, it is technically her fence, but still, it's like usually you have, you know, you have a neighbor that'd be like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll block it off or something on this side or, you know, stuff like that. And then you feel, you obviously feel for Katie because she's, you know, just lost her parents who, like you said, limit their screen, limit her screen time, homeschools her, you know, get, you know, gives her basically everything that she really wants. But you, you also feel for Gemma because her sister is sitting there kind of bad mouthing her in the car like before the death and then she's the one that gets the kid yeah and then and, it's because of honor too because yeah. she says i i promised your mother i would if anything ever happened to yeah. her i would take care of you yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and, and like you you're, you you feel it then you feel then you feel for megan because you you see megan's just created to help uh katie cope with the loss of her parents and to help Gemma, like you said 
race her because there's there is one of the greatest things about this movie i really think is the fact that they don't have a love interest for Gemma. oh i agree uh, i like, agree like like it really shows a solid independent woman that doesn't have like that was one of the, my little gripes with like smile was that little like forced relationship that was on the rocks you know right with right. with the boyfriend there or husband or whatever he was at the time even though smile was a great movie but I really feel this was, like, something that really needed to be done. Like, this is an independent woman that that's very smart and knows what she's doing. So now she's like, okay, this is how I turned out. So that's what she tries to portray with uh, Katie. Now, you know, Megan, you're like, okay, this is supposed to be, like, a help, you know. And it, it, there there is the whole funny scene where the you know the bus the boss is there like trying to figure out how much is this going to cost. And he's like, is it more or less than a Tesla? But Gemma's so out of whack. That she has no idea what the cost of it. She all. doesn't have a concept of what uh, money is. Yeah, so you, like that's a very that's a very solid scene. Like she's like because she, she's just using company money to make this thing, and she doesn't care because she want because it's her masterpiece, so she wants it to be done right. She so she has to look over at her friend at, at her coworkers, and they're like putting thumbs down. She's like, no, it's it's less than a Tesla. <laughs> well, I do want to throw that out there. Another great thing about this script is there's a, a lot of cool levity moments of like humor, yeah. but it's not overly done. I know that there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I saw a lot of. Of reviews where people after we saw it where people were like I laughed a lot during the movie we did too but it, I don't think it was like a, la- a buckets of laugh it wasn't no. it wasn't a bride of Chucky situation no. if you will it was very much like oh this is fucking it's a more serious drama yes with a horror and comedy in the background like equally in the background because I would say the horror if you're going to talk about a negative in a little bit of a way but I don't think it's a huge negative the horror is really toned down. Yeah. There's really no suspense to this movie. There's really no, like, dread or fear. There's never a time where there's a gotcha moment. No. They don't rely on any of that. The horror of the movie is like watching humanity. Yeah. Or watching the lack of humanity from a robot. Because as we go on in the movie, eventually it does turn. Eventually Megan is no longer like, oh, you're no longer like, oh, she's trying to do the right thing. Eventually, because of the analytics in her head, because she gets everything from the web, she starts to justify what she is doing. Yes. And it's no longer just for protection. It is at the next fucking level. Yes. Because that is the... So this is kind of a movie where you're like, there's a lot of cool little sub-dairy plots in it. Like, there's the parenting. Because even like her, even uh, Gemma's co-workers are worried that she's letting Megan parent the doll, uh, the, the kid. Yeah. Doll shouldn't do that. That's what a human should do. She should be doing that. The, the therapist says the same thing. And then you have like this whole AI. AI, is it trustworthy? Is it not trustworthy? So there's these little cool subplots on the bottom side of this movie that you're going, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's not as much horror, if you will. There is death. There is horror. But where it makes up for it is these really cool storylines and plots that you're not thinking about. And they don't like, they don't make them didactive, but they're there and they're very good. What did you think about like some of the subplots of this movie? Oh, they were they were solid all around because that's what that's what made you care for the characters. Like, the, like you see, like I said before, Gemma just losing her way into work. And even with her niece there, she just dives into her work because that's all she knows. Uh, poor Katie's over here is like, well, I don't really want to talk to the psychologist, but it's it's a court mandate thing, so you have to. And then you know, like the one one small little jump scare is with the psychologist. And Katie and Katie starts to cry and the psychologist looks for a box of tissues and it's empty. And she turns around and Megan's just there with a box of tissues like you made her cry. And you're like, oh, shit. 
shit's gonna go down now, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's the little jumps, the one little jump scare because you see Megan off in the corner, and then all of a sudden she's not there, and then she just looks at the therapist and just like straight up, just like you made Katie cry. Like why? <laughs> Trying to understand that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I just think that this uh, this movie has a lot of really cool uh, fresh breaths in it. Yeah. You get to the third act. <laughs> Let's talk about going into the third act because, you know, going chronologically, even throughout the movie, even though we jumped around, third act is important to any movie. And in the third act, we get the fact that Gemma now knows in her head that Megan is the reason for the neighbor being dis- dead. Yep. The dog disappeared. And maybe even that little boy being murdered. Yes. And now she's very leery because when she tries to check, you know, Megan's audio and video track because that the doll records everything it's corrupted yes she ends up starting getting very content and at the same time we have katie who is now so reliant on megan that she is throwing fits just to see megan she, she's jonesing she is she is she is so literally addicted in in need of megan she can't survive and it even strikes her aunt at one point in juncture well her aunt finally gets through to her goes and takes her home and megan does not like this so Megan is going to get free. Yep. And Megan's going to get free when they're supposed to be showing her off. Yep. And uh, first of all, she tries to hang one of the designers. Yes. And then she tries to blow the room up. But yeah. that's more really a distraction to get out. Yeah. It's, it's like it's not a, a fail. It's not a, a, like a death either. It's just like, hey, you, you can either stop me or you can save your friend. And my favorite part, though, is this is where we find out that the doll is really evil. And it's, this is such a great scene for this because David, the, the boss, he's the yeah. president of the company, is looking for Gemma, looking for Megan, finds Megan in the hall. And that's where we get the creepy dance scene yeah. that went viral. And then she grabs a hold of the uh, paper cutter blade yeah. and starts chasing David through the halls. What makes this the doll evil is not that she's just chasing David, who's not a threat to her or anybody else. And ends up kidding him because his assistant, Kurt, who we find out earlier on a subplot, is trading and selling the secrets of the company to another company, a rival company. Yeah. And the only reason it comes into play, the, the only reason is for this, and this is ingenious level, is Megan kills David with the fucking, from behind, with the, the paper cutter. Yep. And as he falls into the elevator, Kurt's in the corner crying his little ass off. And Megan, she, he's like, why would you kill him? You're not supposed to kill people. You're a robot. And she goes, I didn't kill him. You, you did. did. <laughs> you, he, you know, you were feeling like he didn't treat you properly and you thought you were, should be treated better. So then what started off as a prank, just making fun of him, turned into you selling the secrets of this company to another company. And then he found out about it and David got real mad. But you know what? You were tired of the abuse. So you killed him. And then because you couldn't, you couldn't stomach uh, taking a human life. You decided to kill yourself. Yep. And he's like, no. And she slits his fucking throat. Yeah, but puts his hand on the blade. Yes, first puts and, his hand on the blade uh, first and, and then slits his throat. Yeah, with, with the right hand, the, the, the cut across. So you're <laughs> like, this doll, that's where you know the doll is evil because it's like, it manipulated this whole situation because it knew from being in the mainframe of the computer what Kurt was doing and then framed fucking Kurt. And then how it gets out of the building is ingenious because she gets out of the way and people turn around and you see two dead bodies in the elevator. Yep. Two bloody dead bodies in the elevator and she just gets in the car and fucks off. Yep, she take, takes off, drives David, David's car. Yes, and that's when we get the house. And when you're at the house, the final battle scene is great. You know, she she ends up, she's fucking playing creepy tunes on a piano. <laughs> that's, that's the first part. Yeah. And then she basically has this showdown with Gemma where she's like, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. 
You're the one that failed. Yep. So we can either go on and do the, you can do the right thing and we can work together or, or you can make decisions and I can do it without you. Yep. And basically there's this whole threatening scene and then, you know, Katie does finally realize Megan's there and it, it becomes the chase on. And, uh, we get this other evil dialogue from Megan when she finally corners Gemma in the, in the room. And she's basically like, Gemma's like, well, or you can't kill me because how would you explain how you would lose Katie? Because then she's going to go to Jacksonville with her father's parents. Yeah. So there's no way you would be involved. And Megan goes, oh, I thought about that. But you see this pen here? <laughs> if I put it in your, your cerebral cortex at the right angle, it'll just basically make you a vegetable. Yeah. And then I can just copy your voice and do everything you need to do and just kind of puppet you. Yeah. And then you'll be the robot. Yeah. Was, and you're just like, damn. what the fuck? You evil fucking doll. Yeah. So uh, how do we get out of this situation to end this movie in a, in a fun way, Ron? You, get, you pull up Bruce. Bruce comes out and starts wrecking face. Well, here's the funny part. <laughs> like early in the movie, like we, we you could have been like, oh, well, they, they foreshadowed Bruce early, right? Yeah. But at the same point in Juncture, they kind of cover it up in an ingenious way yeah. because when she finally sees how Bruce works, she's like, well, if, that's when she makes the comment, with a toy like this, I would never need another toy. Yeah. And that's when the light bulb goes off. So you're like, well, maybe Bruce was just there for the idea yeah. to just create Megan. However, no, no, no. They were still foreshadowing because Bruce is is an old school robot. He's controlled by gloves. Yeah. And basically... Uh, the doll thinks now Megan, sorry, thinks that uh, Katie is on her side. She's reading her emotions and yeah. she reads trust. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Katie just claps the hands together and puts fucking Bruce in motion and rips Megan in half. Yep. Of course, that's not it for Megan. No. Megan's going to make that comeback because that's how that works. But eventually, you know, they end up stabbing a screwdriver through her, uh, her computer system that yeah. operates her. And that's it for Megan. She's hasta luego. Hasta luego. And then the cops come and we get our happy ending. You know what I yeah. mean? Except for the one thing that they show at the end to kind of tease the, to try to tease a sequel, which we know we're going to get now, is that the AI on the ta- counter table turns, activates. activates and turns. Yeah. And you're like, ah, that fucking Megan got into the AI. Yeah. And got into the AI. Which, you know, the new comp, obviously this toy company is going to be, you know, sold or whatever because of all this stuff that's happened. So whatever company that the other dude was sending the information to will be the new company that's going the to doll will get a body and that's how be that'll be how it starts off which is fine i'm, I'm good with it but uh overall like a very very good movie i'm gonna cook it over to you first any more likes and dislikes we didn't go over when we went through kind of like the movie in a nutshell uh, like like we said it is very well written it is a movie that uh you you do feel you feel for the three main you you, you do all the way around up until the end uh, you feel for Gemma, you feel for Katie, you feel for Megan. Um, you feel e- even even for the boss, which I, I like. He was the more comic relief in this whole thing because, like, when they first meet him, when you first meet him, he's like trying to get into the office, the work area, and the lab, and he can't. And he's like, at the end, he's just like, I, I need a pass. I need I I need a key to this room. I need a key to this room. And he just you know, and he makes the whole. You know, it's just kind of funny and how they treat him. But like you you get to a point where everything in this is actually solidly written to where you're just like, you feel for everybody. You make everybody, you, you feel that you need to, uh, everybody to have the happy ending, but it, you also see this steady decline into Megan being like, well, humanity just sucks. No, oh, absolutely. I, and it's kind of a cool story in that yeah. way. And yes, it feels familiar to other stories, but I still thought it was an original enough yeah. story, in my opinion. I didn't think it was a terrifying movie. That's going to be one of my detractions, yes. is it is a horror film at the end of the day. And, you know, I, 
the way I've always rated things here, and as Ron knows, and we've and as you guys that have listened for a while know, is I always try to rate things based upon what they are. Yeah. So you know, I don't rate like this classic movie up against a horror film or a comedy film. I rate them up against other comedy films or horror films or whatever. And in this particular case, it's like hard to just call this a horror film. Although I really truly enjoy it, it's not really a lot of horror elements. If you yeah, will. no, I, I agree with you with that. Um, like it, the, the beginning is a little slow. That that's a little distraction to me. Like like you you get to her parents dying, and then it's just a little slow to build up. But I didn't mind that as much because I did like the the, the character building. It, right, right. They did a there, great job of there, building a world. There was a lot of character development and a lot of world development in that. That's why it's not bad. I'm just saying for some people, I could see where that that would take it. You know, take no, you give give it a couple minus you know a half a point or something. No, I understand. But, but like it, it it in the beginning, it's just a little slow. But it, it you, there's a lot of information coming at you, and with and then a little you know cheesy montage so to say when they're building megan which is fine it's solid (laughs) agreed and once again like i said there is going to be an unrated version of this coming out uh not to theaters obviously but when it gets the home release i don't it was not confirmed whether it will be on when it comes to streaming or if you have to wait for blu-ray i'm going to be very interested in seeing the unrated version because they left in all the bloody gory kills that's one of the things they took out to make this a little lower, but they they definitely left in all the, the bloody kills in the unrated version. Nice. And there's some stuff that they took out. Nothing that changes the story, which is good. So if it doesn't change the story and it makes it more brutal, maybe this goes up as a horror film. Yeah. Because obviously it's becoming a more of a horror film. So that is going to... We'll, we'll, we'll touch back on this in round base when I get to see that unrated version. True. But... I feel confident that we have reviewed this movie. But before we can give you our scores, we need to find out the scores from around the internet. And you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. (laughs) That is right. It's time to play the game. And Ron is going to try to guess the scores from around the internet. If he comes within five points of the score he gets the point i'm also going to give him clues because it's, it's fair that way since he's playing by himself and of course if he can get three right he wins if not the house wins ron are you ready to play the game for megan yeah let's go okay let's kick it off and let's start as we always like to start with imdb out of 10 using points what did they give megan 7.2 you said 7.2 and you just get the point because it was 6.7. So that was literally at the threshold. Good job, Ron. Uh, next up is, and that was without a, a clue. So Metacritic, I'll give you a clue. Metacritic is going is right around the same score as, if you change it over to percentage, as IMDb. So out of 100%, what did Metacritic give Megan? 62. 62. Uh it was 72. Oh, I, 72. I dropped it too much. 72. Look at I, 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 kind of, I even gave you almost right on the head there. I know. Next up is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. I can tell you that the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is the highest score that this movie achieved. So it is above the 72 that we've heard so far. What is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score for Megan? 78? Oh, man, you should have gone higher. It is 94%. Wow. 94%. Not from Rotten Tomatoes credit scores. I want to go that high. Well, I'll tell you this much. The Rotten Tomatoes fan score is lower, but it is still higher than 72%. What is the score for Megan? 85. You said 85, and you sneak out a point because it was 80% right on the cuff. You got it. That means this final question is for the win, Ron, and it is Google users. Google users out of 100%. 
What did they give Megan? And I can give you the clue that it's somewhere in between the Rotten Tomatoes critic score and the Metacritics or and the Rotten Tomatoes fan score. How about that? Uh, eighty-five. You're going with eighty-five. Yeah. Is that your final answer, yeah. Ron? Did you win? I don't know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you are a winner, Ronald. It was 90%. Oh, damn. 90% is what they gave it on Google users. That means we have gotten the internet scores. Now there's only one thing left we can do, and that is give our scores for this movie. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, we are going to give the nerd score for this film, and then I am going to give my critic score for it as well after we give our nerd scores. Of course, the nerd scale is simple. The nerd score is a score that is a recommendation score that we base off of our critic score mixed with an entertainment score, which means that if the movie was critically bad, however, it was super entertaining, it could have a higher score because of which, and vice versa, which we did finally have an example of that, which was Babylon, which was kind yeah. of funny in its own. So now uh, the scale is as follows. It's a five-point scale. A one is no. That means the movie is terrible. You should never see it. A two is you've been warned. That means the movie's not terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. That means the movie is not a bad, it's, it's, a, it's an average to a good movie. You don't need to go out to see it. It's not essential. It's not something you have to rush to the theater to see. You can wait till it's on streaming, wait till it's on free. It's not like you're going to regret watching the movie, but it's also not one that you have to hurry to see. A four is just take my money. That means this movie's a, a very good to great movie. It's a movie that you can spend money on. Go see it in the theater. Buy it. Add it on the thing. Feel free spending money on it to rent it. It is an essential film that you should definitely check out in your life and make sure you go and see it. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air that is known as certified nerd in the five spot. And that is for the legend, wait for it, dairy movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, and, and, and everything of that ilk, that's the timeless movies. Those are the classics, the instant classics. Those are the movies that, you know, the creme de la creme, if you will. Ron, you're going to be on the hot seat first. For your nerd score, what is your nerd score for Megan and why? For Megan, I'm going to just because I'm going to go off of the, you know, what we saw, how it went. Uh, I think it's a solid four. Show me the money! And it is a solid movie. Like, you do care for the characters. Um, there's a chance with the unrated version that it comes out that it could push it up to a five. It could just stay as a four because if the kill, if the kills are enough to push it, I, you know, will obviously tell you. Um, but, like, this is a solid movie. It's not, like, the, the, the deaths aren't over the top. There, you don't see much because it's a PG-13 movie. So, like you said, it's one of those, it's one of those movies you can, you know, to see how your kid can handle horror. I know I use that. It's a very cliche saying that I say anymore, but it, it is there. It, it is a solid movie that you feel for the characters. It's a small cast, which doesn't hurt it at all because it's a total of like eight people overall. And it's 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 solid. Like you don't need any more than that. It takes place in two places, the house and the this, the work area. For the for, most part, for, there's that little trip to the school that's the, in the, the wilderness yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the, but, the, but for the most part, it's you know two it's, two main locations, two main locations and a wood in a park. Like right. you, you don't need much more than that. It's like a lot like uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. like, it's like 
it's very very centered. simplistic. It's yeah. a very simplistic film at the end of the day, which it, I think makes it more effective. Yeah, and, and that that's it, well, that's what makes it a solid four for me. And it's it's what just under two two hours. It's an hour forty two. Yeah, so, so yeah, just yeah, under two hours. So so it, it's right that sweet spot. That one and a half to one forty five yeah. for a horror film slash comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 it's solid. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, if you're if you're not big into horror movies. This isn't a super horror movie. Like, if you're into thriller-esque things, yes, this is something more for that line. I think, yeah, I think I agree with everything you said. I do like the simplicity of that. I think we kind of got that through. The story is robust. I do but like how they, like, layered the story. There is some subplots and message in there, but it's never didactive. At the same point in Juncture, it's not what you were expecting going in. You yeah. were just expecting murder doll movie, but there's layers to it and there's psychology to it. With that, the downfall is that they kind of take this the suspense out of it. They don't make it really a psychological thriller. It's more of an, it, I, for lack of a better way to explain it, it's more of like a neurological thriller yes. because like it's a thinking person's movie. Yes. You're, you're thinking about, Oh, well, you know, when you start putting your shoes in and they're like, Oh wait, they're giving feelings to the doll. You don't necessarily think the doll is evil until it becomes kind of evil, you know, but you're not really giving it those qualities. There's nobody that you really hate in this movie. You feel bad at the, at the worst, you feel bad for some of these characters, but you don't really hate anybody except for the kid except for the one little boy yeah, that dies because you because like i made the joke in the theater and i don't know he didn't say it, but i'll say it here as i was like well you know how many lives did megan save by killing that little future oh, yeah. serial killer because he would have either been a serial rapist or serial killer yeah because of the way that they portrayed him so it's kind of like she kind of saved x amount of lives yeah so you got to kind of give it up there and that's another reason megan's a hero which i kind of you know kind of wish she didn't kill him because that could have been a link into two that's true. Like, true. Like, that would have been an interesting link into two. I, I'm just as an idea, but you know, it, it happened. So you just got to move on with that. But keeping a simplistic cast, keeping a simplistic setting. So you don't get too confused. Let you enjoy that storyline. Once again, my only real complaint is that the horror was dialed back and there was a little bit of drag at times, but nothing that really bothered me too much. It wasn't like one of those movies where I'm like, Oh, you could have cut 20 minutes and it would have been better. I mean, you could have cut a few minutes, but it, I don't know if it would have made it necessarily better. Yeah. It's not like one of those situations. It's not a Babylon situation. Like fuck cut an hour of this film. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, for, First of all, nerd score, I'm going to go with Ron. You know what? It's a four. Show me the money! That's right. Just take my goddamn money. And you, they already got it, but I would give it again. I'm definitely going to be watching this again. Uh, and I'm, my critic score, I'm just going to throw it out there before I give the caveat to it. I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten right now nice. as it stands. Uh, this movie could go up to an eight or an eight and a half. I don't know if it'll ever push it to a certified nerd, possibly, depending how good the unrated cut is. Yeah, I agree. After I see the unrated cut, I really see this movie possibly moving up to an eight. Yeah. Because if adding the if adding the blood and the gore in for the kills that they originally intended might add some more horror. So one of my detractions was that there wasn't enough horror in the horror film, if you will. If that adds a little more horror to this film, okay, we're, we're back in the saddle again. Now, I'm not saying the blood and deaths make horror, oh, no. but if you're showing the kills, it does add suspense. Yes. Because we got, there was not a lot of suspense because we didn't get to see the kill. The only suspenseful kill, and you don't see much of it, is the killing of Celia, where she kills her with, like you said, it basically, they don't even show how she manages it, but it's a pressure washer and a fucking, nail well, gun. the nail gun just kind of nails her down, but she yeah. kills her with the pressure washer, yeah. but they don't show how it happens. Yeah. But there's, that's the only time that there's any, cause like you see her rise up and then come out and say something and then boom, she hits her with the thing and out of nowhere. So that's the only like, but if the other kills end up adding suspense to them, cause that's how that usually works when you have a kill. 
that could add the horror element in yeah. a little more. So I definitely will be revisiting this for uh, when the unrated cut comes out, and we'll give you a correction if there needs to be one. So True. if it does move up to an eight, I don't see this movie moving down. No, 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 I don't. So seven and a half, I'm comfortable with. I'm definitely comfortable with giving it the four. Yeah. But if it should move up, we will let you know right here on the 3FN podcast. That is going to do it for our review here in the 3FN Movie Club for Megan. If you would like to tell us about your thoughts about Megan and tell us if we're right, wrong, or indifferent, go ahead and hit us up on those internet, hit us up on the social medias. If you want to know those social media links, it's simple. 3FNpodcast.com. All those links are there, plus the Patreon link, T Public link, Friends of the Show, the Musical Directory, and the local sponsors all live there. All the one-stop shop, all the information about all the stuff we do here at the 3FN Podcast can be found at 3FNpodcast.com. Remember, next week, 3FN Movie Club Review will be playing the brand new movie coming out that we're we're excited to go see. It's either going to be it's either going to be Beast or it's going to be okay. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. There's nowhere in between. And of course, if you uh, pay attention to everything we do on this channel, coming out on Friday, we have a 3FN horror show. And because Friday is Friday the 13th, we will be reviewing Friday the 13th, 1980. That will be available to everybody on Friday unless you're a patron over on Patreon and you get that on Thursday then. Nice. So, those are the show updates coming out this week. Thursday so, the 12th. That's right. Instead of Friday the 13th. But if you're not on Patreon, Friday the 13th, you get to hear us talk about Friday the 13th on the next episode of the 3FN Horror Show. Ron, I believe you have some business to attend to. One out of ten stars. Utter rubbish. This film was, to put it simply, rubbish. The child actors can act, as can be seen by Harry's supposed surprise on learning he's a wizard. I'm a wizard, is, is said, with such indifference, you'd think that it was not surprised at all. I've never seen, read the books, and the film did nothing to make me want to read them. The only spell cast the, over me was one to get me out of the room as quickly as possible every time I have seen this on after my first viewing of it in the cinema. If you want to see a decent book made into a film, uh, you know, he claims Lord of the Rings, but we know Lord of the Rings sucks people, or possibly the sequel to which I thought was actually good, which it doesn't. But one out of ten stars, Harry Potter just sucks people. Let him know. And if you want to get that smoke, make sure you hit uh, Ron up. He's on Twitter, at RedX230. <laughs> make sure you hit him up on Twitter if you want to send him the hate mail, because you love Harry Potter. Well, Harry Potter. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's edition of the 3FN Podcast. We'll be back next week, like I said before, to give you the 3FN Movie Club review of Plane and much, much more. Until then... And, well, unless you're tuning into 3FN Horror Show, then you can do Friday the 13th on Friday. Yeah, yep. But still, either way, uh, make sure you're tuning into all the podcasts. It's a lot of fun around here. But until the next time you hear from us, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds! Later. You know, my birthday's coming up on Sunday. I'm feeling a little bit saucy. I don't know what that means. But I know that I might get an Android. Okay. Lord of the Rings just, or Harry Potter just sucks people. Ah, you just <laughs> fucked it up. I fucked it up because it's the beginning of the year. Yeah.